guys, what's up? It's Amy Joy here from Confident You. I am a transformational and mindset coach for sensitive women. I'm a really practical person and I love finding the tangible way to find healing and transformation so that you can actually move forward in life. And so today I'm talking about how to actually change your whole life because we're told a lot that you know, we create, we are the creators of our own lives and there's a lot of motivational quotes out there and motivational speakers out there saying, you know, you can just decide today to change your life. And I just found that through my life, I was really trying to stick to that and really trying to do that. And sometimes things just would not shift. So I just wanted to share with you my story of how I made so much transformation in my life. So a little bit about me and my background. I am a sensitive person. I'm an empath. I'm a creative. I'm uh, inattentive ADHD. I'm a projector HD. Um, I've always felt different and awkward. I've, I was a massive people pleaser and I was a recluse with social anxiety, <laughs> high functioning, high functioning social anxiety. So I had a lot of odds against me. And these days I am kind of thankful because hitting all these threshold points really made me search for answers and to do anything to make the change. So with all that lineup, what ended up happening in my life is that I was bullied a lot in school because, you know, I, I really got this idea that in order to be confident, in order to get in like a head in life, you need to have this really strong personality. You need to have the sass. You need to talk back to people. And that's just not who I am. Like I can give people the sass, but only when I know that they like joking around like that. And it's never, ever going to be. A personal dig so I just found myself sinking back and really resenting those people and myself for experiencing that bullying um, and I also found myself so I grew up in a church environment with a Christian family and I really felt like that really played into my people-pleasing as well um, I ended up marrying a Christian man and I just lost myself in the whole process because it, as a people pleaser, it's actually really, uh, it's, it's great to find an environment that's controlling because then you don't have to stand up for yourself. You don't have to um, try and pave your own way, even though you hate it, <laughs> even though you hate it in the moment. It's like, actually, just what we're used to is other people telling us what to do and then um, feel, having that comfort in doing anything to try and please the other people. So that's really what I found myself in. And I was in this marriage that I wasn't happy in. I was in this job I wasn't happy in. I got a really unusual illness. Um, I ended up with adrenal fatigue. It's just when you push yourself too hard and your adrenal glands just kind of shut down. And I had adrenal fatigue for like two years. And let me tell you, that was not hard to 
over uh, that was not easy to overcome because regular doctors don't actually consider it a, a like an actual illness so it's really hard to find help um, and so yeah I just found myself in this miserable place I was having nightmares all the time like really vivid like hallucinate hallucinatory is that a word it is now hallucinatory <laughs> I was hallucinating let's just say that I would start falling asleep and then I would hallucinate something in the room it would be really scary so um, yeah I ended up with this insomnia and um, not sleeping well and yeah but then just like pushing myself to get up and go to work every day and that's how I that's how I really KO'd my adrenal glands and so yeah what that means like having adrenal fatigue just means that you feel really dopey and sleepy all the time you know that feeling when you've woken up from a nap but it wasn't refreshing it just kind of made you dopey then you're going to do something to like snap yourself out of it the the thing with adrenal fatigue is that there is nothing you can do to snap yourself out of it it is it's like you're constantly in this weird dopey phase and you can't exercise your way out of it because the other problem is your muscles don't recover properly so <laughs> You feel really sleepy and dopey and then you try to exercise and it actually makes you feel so much worse so that was my reality for for about two years having the adrenal fatigue on top of this stuff right um, and hitting threshold points is really what helps me to find the answer and actually make change in my life and so I am going to talk to you about how to actually recreate your life from scratch like how to start over um, but you know flash forward to now I've I left the church I left the marriage I lost 20 kg obviously I overcame adrenal fatigue and I'm like healthy again I can go to meetups alone I'm leading coaching programs I landed an amazing partner and I'm attracting my people but ultimately I chose myself despite the pressure to do otherwise because that's a massive thing when you are a sensitive person and you've been conditioned to people please to make sure that everyone else is happy in order to have that love and acceptance it can be really hard to pull away from the people pleasing and actually choose yourself it's scary it is scary so uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk to you about what I actually did in order to create all that change because I want to tell you leading up to that I felt like I wasn't growing for a very long time. You know, I struggled with this high functioning reclusive anxiety for like 10 years after school. <laughs> like it was a long time and I just didn't feel like my life was moving. I felt like I was just constantly replaying the same shit all the time right and so these tips that I'm going to give you these things actually helped me to move the needle to actually resolve the past and start moving into the reality that I actually wanted to create 
uh, because you know back in the day I was one of those people who really got into the motivational quotes and the affirmations and that sort of thing and it's it, it really didn't create that much difference in my life and I was wondering what the heck I was missing so these are the things I found that was missing that like once I actually did these things that's when I started to move forward so the very first thing that helped me to make all of this transformation was self-awareness and admitting the full truth to myself that was the very first step I did not want to admit any of these things I didn't want to admit that church wasn't for me anymore I didn't want to admit that I wasn't happy in my marriage and that I would have to leave it I didn't want to admit that I needed help to overcome social anxiety like I really just tried to stay positive and there's a difference between focusing on the things that you do want and focusing on what you're grateful for in order to uh, make sure that you're not falling into this trap of just thinking about the negative but when you dismiss the quote-unquote negative when you dismiss the things in your life that aren't right you actually never face it and then you never face the threshold point that creates the, the fork in the road that's what you're creating here is the fork in the road and sometimes that is actually the hardest step because if you can go <laughs> If you can go along for a while just kind of convincing yourself that you know no everything's okay everything's okay like it'll work out then you don't have to make any big moves you don't actually have to do anything scary however over time you'll find that your insides just start to corrode because you've got this internal battle within yourself you can only dismiss your full truth for so long so that is the first thing that I did was admitting to myself hang on a second just thinking positive is not getting me anywhere and there's things in my life that just aren't right and just can't be fixed they are actually things I need to change and yeah admitting those things to myself was difficult so that's the very first thing admitting the full full truth to yourself and I guess the way to start this a really good way to start this would just be to take the pressure off just do some journaling and promise to yourself it's no matter what is said or written in this time nothing has to be actioned right now this is literally just an overview of the truth of what's happening and that's it we don't have to do anything about it yet we're just getting a snapshot okay so that's a really important first step number two is really starting to understand and know yourself so I started out just doing personality tests I ended up getting into human design honestly life-changing life-changing the reason you want to discover more about yourself is that it makes it so much easier to make decisions for your life when you actually know yourself because if you don't know what your values are and what your 
energy makeup is and what your base personality is, then you are going to be so much more susceptible to other people's opinions about what you should do in your life. And that's exactly what I was doing. Like I completely lost myself to people pleasing and doing what everyone else said that I should do with my life, just trying to gain that acceptance, approval and love. And it doesn't work. <laughs> Obviously, that never works. You just feel lost. You really just feel lost. So to start coming back to yourself and start coming back to your truth, a really good place to start is those personality tests and and yeah, any other type of self-discovery, just really starting to strengthen that self-awareness muscle so that you know what your actual values and personality is. So number three, the next thing, the next thing was actually shifting the underlying beliefs that told me it was my responsibility to please everyone. Now, I'm sure you've seen a lot of motivational quotes saying, you know, fuck everyone else, just do whatever you want and who cares what people think. I feel like that kind of quote really works for someone who is already a strong personality. They already kind of do that, but then sometimes maybe they forget and all they need is this reminder to be like, oh yeah, I can, I can just choose my own life. However, if you're a kind of person where you have been taught that the only way that you can survive in this world, the only way that you're going to get love and acceptance is through trying to keep everyone else happy, it's not going to be as easy as just deciding to stop doing it because it's connected to your sense of survival. You literally think that in order to survive, you must please everyone. In order to be a good person, you must make sure that everyone else is happy. And so for people like us, it's not going to be as easy as just deciding to not do that. You actually have to go through a process, a healing process to shift those beliefs. And there are so many different ways that you can do this. Um, I will definitely be talking about the different healing and embodiment practices that I have done and that I do um, like in another episode. But basically for my story in, in this point of time, I actually went to a, a an NLP seminar, Neuro Linguistic Programming. It's so much easier just to say the acronym. So it's NLP and that honestly, I highly recommend looking into this because it it's all about how the brain works and how the brain actually forms beliefs and then the fact that you can change them. So I went to this seminar and I went through these belief shifting practices and that is really, um, that's really where the healing, the tangible healing started in my journey. Uh, I was able to release sadness and resentment, all these big emotions for the first time ever. Like it was a massive, massive weight lifted. And yeah, so I was releasing emotions. I 
learnt how to shift beliefs. And this was a really big part of the puzzle for me in terms of transformation. Now, the thing with shifting your beliefs is that it do, it, it's not just about in the moment of shifting the belief. It's actually about also then following up with the embodiment of that. So, you know, you might shift a belief and then it will be your life experiences after that that actually show you when you've really truly shifted the belief. Because what a belief does is it tells you how to react and respond in a moment, right? So if you've shifted a belief that, say you had a belief that it's your responsibility to make sure that everyone is happy, right? And then someone comes along and says, oh, hey, can you do this thing for me? And you know that you can't do it. You can't fit it in. It's just not going to work. And back in the day, you would have been like, oh yeah, sure, no worries, because you believe it's your responsibility to make sure that everyone else is taken care of in order to be a good, acceptable, lovable person, right? But if you shift that belief and you've truly embodied it, then in that moment, your feeling towards it will actually change. In that moment where they're like, oh, hey, can you help me with this? You, you knowing that it's not your responsibility, knowing that you're actually better off putting yourself first, you're better to everyone putting yourself first and making sure that you have enough rest and fulfillment and all that sort of stuff. Then in that moment, you'll say, oh, sorry, I, I would love to, but I actually can't this time. And the other person can respond in different ways. Like maybe they'll be like, yeah, no worries. I'll just ask someone else. Or maybe they'll be like, oh, are you sure? Like, I really need this. What am I going to do without you? And in that moment, you'll know that guilt is just a manipulation tactic. And I'm definitely going to cover this more in another episode of of how to actually um, say no without that, without guilt and shame, and without falling for manipulation tactics. But honestly, someone using guilt is just a manipulation tactic. So in that moment, instead of being like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll do that, even though you know you can't, and it's to avoid the guilt and shame, and it's to avoid the rejection of like, oh, what if I say no and it makes me a bad person? In that moment, instead, you'll be able to honor yourself and be like, sorry, I can't actually do it this time. I really want to, but yeah, I, I really can't. And you expect, you expect respect from the other person and if they don't give you respect then it's not about you and that's the difference between um, you know actually shifting and embodying the belief versus just looking at the motivational quotes and stuff and just be like oh yeah like you know you need to put yourself first and just do what you need to and don't care what people think you, you can't just rely on that like surface level, level motivation because in those moments, the reaction is going to come from the belief, not just like the idea you have in your head. So this was a really pivotal part for me as well in, in like the transformation process is actually finding a way to pinpoint and shift those beliefs, those underlying beliefs that you have that are actually driving the behavior that's happening. 
So the next thing, number four, on what made a huge difference in my transformational process was changing my environment and not being afraid to change my environment. So when I decided that I needed to leave church because it wasn't for me anymore and I needed to honor myself in that, like I just didn't want to. And I knew I didn't have to explain myself. That was it, that, that's my reason. I just don't want to. I, that was really scary for me. And it was really scary telling my husband that I didn't want to go to church anymore. And it was also like a long time before I told my family that I was not going to church anymore. And then after a long time, a long time thinking about the marriage and whether we should, I like, whether I wanted to be in it and like we went through marriage counseling counseling and all this stuff after a long time I finally decided that I needed to leave and I knew that I was going to be starting again and that is scary because all of my friends were from the church I didn't know if they were going to understand a lot of my other friends were his friends, like mutual friends, and I didn't know if they were going to understand. I also didn't know if my family was going to understand or accept it. So what I did was I pulled myself away from all of it because I needed the break. I needed that space of a different perspective, a different environment. I didn't want the same voices in like in my ear telling me what I should or shouldn't do, I needed to start again. And the really surprising thing that happened was that actually a lot more people understood than I expected. So, you know, a lot of his friends were saying like, oh, good on you for honoring yourself, you know, in this decision. And I had other friends that were excited for me for honoring myself you know and not everyone was okay with it and in that decision I really learned that it doesn't matter what other people think about your decisions you are literally never going to please everybody and when you're making a decision you have to be okay with the fact that some people are not going to be okay with it that was a massive learning point for me um, but my point there was just the change in environment and it takes courage. This is the thing about changing your life and tra transformation is that it's not just going to be this easy flowy thing. Some bits are going to be scary and some bits are going to take courage. And this is a, this was like a major part of courage for me because of all that social anxiety and like fear of rejection and fear of not being good enough and acceptable and lovable and a good person. Oh, all of these things played into this decision, but I had reached my threshold point and there was no other option. I just had to honor myself. I had to choose myself and that was it. And pulling myself out of the old environment just helped me. It was like an incubator of starting afresh and then being able to choose my environment of who I really want around me, allowing people to get to know the real me and, and to meet me with my new life 
of, you know, this is who I used to be and this is who I am now or who I really am, allowing people to meet me there and then decide whether they actually see me and get me and love me for that. Because some people no longer accepted me through that change. And it's just part of that transformation is that some people are just not going to like the new you, but really it's the real you. So it doesn't matter. They just, they never liked the real you anyway. They just liked this version of you that you put on. Anyway, so that's number four, changing your environment. So number five, to just really solidify the transformation is continual practices to build that embodiment. So as I was saying earlier, in terms of shifting your beliefs, there is a process to it. You know, I think a lot of people, <laughs> this is going to be another podcast episode, but a lot of people want to rush embodiment. They're like, cool, cool. So I know this stuff in my head, but how do I live out my truth? How do I actually honor myself with confidence? And, and the embodiment is of that is not something that comes overnight. This is something that's a continual practice that you will need to come back to. But the main, the main point of shifting your beliefs is to rewire your brain, right? With those beliefs that are connected to some really deep seated things like your need for acceptance, approval and love and all that sort of stuff. And then what you need to do after that is to keep practicing and embodying what it is that you want to change to, because then it strengthens those neural networks, right? Like it's kind of like that example of someone learning to swim, just reading a book about swimming and then saying that they can swim. They're, they know how to swim now. The actual swimming doesn't come until you've experienced your time in the water. So when you're, you, when you're shifting all these beliefs, it won't fully land for you until you're in an experience or a situation in your life where it fires off, where that trigger fires off and then you notice that the response is different. So, so yeah, um, I guess for myself, the continual embodiment practices really vary. I'm a very open-minded person and I tackle things from different angles depending on what it is that I'm looking at. I really follow my intuition with this. I don't have a goal book of, of like, I don't, I don't meet with myself every week and, and work out my beliefs and my limitations and like methodically you know, sift them out or whatever. I really go with my intuition because that's what life is all about. You, you know, life, you will never be perfect. You'll never have everything sorted out. So there's no rush. There is just that flow of unfolding of, okay, cool. What's the next thing that's happening? What's coming up for me right now? And then being able to address it with like whatever tools. So I guess the difference nowadays is that back in the day, it would take me so long to overcome something, honestly. Like 
something would trigger me or I something just wouldn't be right in my life and I would continue with it for months and months and months and then I would hit like a breakdown point then I would kind of go back into it I did another breakdown point like it was just this ongoing there's shit going on in my life and I don't know how to solve it right but these days something comes up and I've learned all these self-awareness tools to be able to pick up oh cool okay I know what that's coming from I know what you know childhood trauma that is and I know where that's triggering from then I have all these tools that I can help me move forward so whenever I have something in the way or like a limitation or whatever it actually doesn't last that long anymore even if I have to ask someone else for help I can do that now like I have a psychologist that I see I have my own confidence coach that I reach out to sometimes that's those people are in reserve if I don't know how to figure it out but I'm very very self-sufficient now in my growth and those five things that I just outlined really helped in it, it continues to help me in growing really fast so just a little recap number one the, that awareness and admitting the full truth to yourself number two understanding and knowing yourself number three shifting the beliefs the underlying beliefs that are actually driving your behavior number four changing your environment to support you in this transformation and number five continuing with embodiment practices so that you are always strengthening those new connections that you've made like the neural neural pathways that you've made and solidifying any of like the mindset shifts that you've been making so guys that's that's pretty much my story I mean obviously there is so much more nuance to it but I just wanted to share how for many many years I just felt like my growth was going at a snail's pace then I discovered these tools that helped me to grow and actually transform really quite fast but not in a way that's overwhelming because as a sensitive person I get overwhelmed very quickly so this to me this um, this way of transformation it flows to me it it feels very natural it's just a way to help guide the transformation and that's what I'm really passionate about is helping people come back to their true north and their real truth and to embody that because you deserve that you deserve to be able to embody and live out your truth in an actual tangible way so guys I hope you enjoyed this episode hopping off for today but I will speak to you very soon <laughs>